What's up, everybody? It is Thursday, October 14th, and you are listening to the Pat McAfee Show 2.0. Pat had to jump on a flight to Ontario, California for tomorrow night's Friday night smackdown. We still have a great show for you today. Pat unveils his same game parlay for tonight's Thursday night football game between the Buccaneers and the Eagles. Friend of the show, Matt Hasselbeck, joins the program. Ian Rappaport and Chuck Pagano again, plus AJ and Pat cover everything else going on in the sports world and get you caught up before tonight's Thursday night football game. It's a good one. Let's get into it. Is your favorite day of the week that isn't Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday? Yeah. That's right. Today is risk-free, same-game parlay, Thursday night football, Thursday, where we will attempt, not just as an office, not just as our extended family, we as a team of listeners and watchers will attempt to take millions. Of dollars from FanDuel Sportsbook in a risk-free fashion. Ten bucks is what the risk-free bet will be. And we have a parlay today that we have submitted this morning that I feel dandy about. A parlay, a risk-free same-game parlay that I feel most confident about. It's plus 1,029 is what it was. Okay, I don't know when it goes up. We will have to wait for it to go up to see what it exactly is. And when it goes up onto FanDuel, we will let everybody know. This is how I'm leaning early. And this is an obvious conversation piece but tonight the reigning defending (laughs) undisputed Super Bowl champions travel to the city of brotherly love Nick Sirianni time and play the Philadelphia Eagles on a short week six and a half points is the spread everybody thinks that's potentially going to seven I see the Bucks winning Good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Handsomely. Uh-huh. I, do, I don't know why. I don't know how. They just beat the shit out of the Dolphins. The Dolphins stink, though. We know that. So that was a nice preseason game against the Dolphins to get the offense back on track. And if you do recall, last season, there was, hey, the offense wasn't as good. Tom wasn't as great. Then they all kind of hit a rhythm, and then, boom, we're the Super Bowl champs. Is that what the Dolphins did to the Bucks? That makes me th- uh, feel that way. Antonio Brown becoming a guy, that makes me feel even better now about what Mike Evans is going to see, what Godwin's going to see what Cameron Brait's going to see, what Tom Brady's going to be able to see with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones. Mm. And this is no offense to Philadelphia. I believe the Eagles fans will show up in droves. I think the Philadelphia Eagles fans will be loud. And I believe they will potentially boo at some point tonight. Absolutely. And we have a risk-free same-game parlay where we will try to absolutely take advantage of FanDuel, their stupid lines, and obviously getting a chance to watch the Super Bowl champs play tonight is a beautiful treat for a Thursday night football game. We have that today to talk about. We have a guest, Ian Rappaport, for the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being his friends. He'll join us in the second hour. And an old friend of ours. I think this is the first... I think this is the first time we've had somebody that works at the place that he works on the show for some time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. People ask why. Why Why did you potentially not have anybody from the worldwide leader on the show for a long time? Well, it's because, you know, there was a little bit of a thing that happened where mm-hmm. friends of mine that I've known for years and years and years at this point 
were not allowed to come on the show because they made a new mandate basically banning our show from anybody that worked at ESPN. Yeah. That became a much to-do, obviously. I didn't mean for it to become a to-do. I kind of understood it, kind of got it because of the world that we're in right now with how much money is available. But we mentioned it in the show, and the listeners of this show and the watchers of this show were not happy about it. No, they they were not. Like, hey, we like when we get a chance to hear what the ESPN folks are actually like and they start chatting on this show. We like listening and watching to Pat and his friends talk like dumbasses to people that normally have to speak very properly. We enjoy that. And there was a little bit of a movement on the internet. Just a tiny one. Big time. And I will forever be grateful for the community that we have so luckily been afforded to have right. I mean, we've, I'm very lucky for the crew that we have. Uh, the boys here at the Toxic Table, obviously Diggs, everybody in the back. We have an incredibly hardworking crew, okay, that is, that has really tried our best every single day for years and years. And everybody says this, but I'm being, I'm just going to echo what everybody else says. And I want you to know that we actually every single day try to put on a, you know, an, an average show. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Every day we're waking up. Let's 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 make sure there's a little bit above average. Mm-hmm. Okay. And some days it's obviously much more difficult than others, but I think we have been very lucky that a group of people are like, hey, you dumbasses aren't that bad. And they spend their days with us and their time with us. And I feel like they're invested because we spend so much time together. We're live like 20 hours a week almost, maybe even more at this point with how long Hammer Down could potentially run. And we've built up an incredible community of people. And we are very thankful and grateful. In that situation, I don't think I even made like a call to action, nothing like that. Hashtag ESPN stinks was trending. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And I did not, you know, because I have a lot of friends that work at ESPN still, even though there was a mandate. So I feel like some people potentially at ESPN took that as us saying that like they stink at their jobs, which by the way, some, some, hey, let's not get this twisted. No. (laughs) Okay. There are some that are over there, but there's a lot of people that we like and enjoy and feel like are talented. So that happened. And then all of a sudden a a protocol got changed publicly. It was a big to do. And I think a lot of people who potentially had no idea what we were or who we were maybe at another place when they found out really quickly because of our incredible people that follow along. So then they changed it. So then it became, had to, uh, you know, be granted an opportunity to come on. You, so you have to just say, hey, I'm going on. Which, by the way, I think is very fair. Just very fair. Especially mm-hmm. with what some people are getting paid over there. I think that is a fair assessment that they should be at. So we did it a couple of times. And I didn't like the feeling no. of somebody else feeling maybe... A similar person that potentially didn't want people to come on the show. I didn't like the feeling of them feeling empowered that they were a lot like I didn't like that feeling. So friends of mine got banned from the show. Yeah. Just because I didn't want first of all, I don't think as a grown man who I've been friends with for some time, like it makes sense from a business side why they would ask you to do this. I don't want you to have to send that. Hey, am I allowed? I think that makes you look bad in my eyes. That makes you look bad. And I don't want to view you like that. So I'm not going to put you in that position. And also, I don't want that person to have to say, "Mm, yes, you can. (laughs) Feel as if they have any control over anything. So for some time, I didn't want to have that. I would like to let everybody know. There's been great conversations that have been happening. There has been, you know, some people trying to say, hey, we, we fucked up. All right. And I appreciate the hell out of that. And I'm excited about that. I'm thankful for that. And as we continue to evolve, I assume that's going to happen in a couple other places. I assume, I assume there's going to be places that are like, I, we did, we had, 
you, you're a punter in Indianapolis. What do you want? And, you know, there's going to be probably a little bit more of that. And we're very thankful for that. And today we have old friend Matt Hasselbeck on the show. Yeah! Let's go! I fucking love Matt Hasselbeck. Yes. Yeah. Massachusetts guy. Everybody, like, literally, I think everybody that has ever met him or been around him and got a chance to work with him loves him. He grew up in the NFL forever. He is a Massachusetts guy. He has, you know, he's a, a bit of a smart. We've seen him at Coin Tosser say, hey, we want the ball, and we're going to score <laughs> right, in right. a playoff game in overtime. He has a great personality. He got a chance to be teammates with him. He was very nice to me, taught me a lot of things. He's joining us. Ian Rappaport's joining us. It's going to be a great day here on this risk-free same-game parlay, Thursday Night Football Thursday. Host of Hammer Down, Tone Diggs. What's up? Hasselbeck was way too nice to the Bugle Boys when we were traveling around doing oh, Bingo. Oh, yeah. Mr. Hasselbeck. Mr. Hasselbeck. Mr. Hasselbeck. He... He would come into this box truck that we had. <laughs> so a couple years ago, whenever I had a run at ESPN and the boys and I had the show daily still, I was doing get up on Monday. So we would have to, this in the middle of the football season. And if you've heard this before, I apologize, but I would like to replant this in some people's heads of what we did for an entire fall before COVID happened. Yeah. So on Sunday nights, after, like four o'clock games, we wouldn't really get to see. We'd fly to New York. We'd stay in the World Trade Center. And then we would, um, I'd wake up at like 5 a.m., had a 6 a.m. get up uh, production meeting where it was cool, get to see that, do get up. Then we'd do our live show from a studio down the street. Then we'd hop in a plane, fly back to Indianapolis. Yep. Then on Wednesday nights, we'd stay in Indianapolis for uh, Monday night, Tuesday night. And then Wednesday, we'd fly to wherever Thursday night football was. We would do the show in the back of a box truck that we purchased and built a studio in the back of it. Just a box, just a basic ass box truck that you were thinking. We built an entire studio with a glass section in it. Uh, there was air conditioning added later in the season, <laughs> which was a pretty fatal, close to fatal air there for Ty. But we continued to go and we. Then we flew home on Thursday night after the Thursday night game that wasn't normally that interesting. And then Friday, college game day. And it was just, this happened. Hasselbeck would join us on Wednesday nights in the back of a box truck uh, for all the things that he has done with his life, how accomplished he is, how much money he's made. He is, he's very wealthy, obviously. Oh, yeah. He would come in the back of that box truck at like 1130 at night. Yeah midnight and yeah. just talk for like an hour for the podcast and then he would wake up the next day he was the reason i did the thursday night football he asked if i would do it with him and he kind of got my name in there so i can't wait to chat with him here in like this five is when minutes the podcast was separate from the live show right two different shows two different shows so yeah so we were yeah. Same shit. Oh, and we were making vlogs during that and he always embraced the vlogs he Big loved time. being on the camera <laughs> yeah he did a couple competitions so, yep, yep. he was so cool yeah he's allowed back now it's good let's go well, he doesn't have to ask anymore right mm -hmm. That's which big. i don't know if he ever did to be honest, because I don't know if Different he was an yeah, I don't know yeah. if he ever had to. I just kind of painted everybody in the same light over there because of like the four people that told us they had to. I don't know if Hassel, because he just does what Sunday night or Sunday NFL mm -hmm. countdown. Uh, he also doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's going to ask someone for permission to come talk to you. Well, that's the interesting thing is I didn't want to. So it wasn't just about them allowing people to come on the show. It was me putting one of my friends in a situation where they would have to ask for permission to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was just, I, I didn't enjoy, 
I don't know. The thought of that. I yeah. look at people differently because I, I just, that is something I could never do with my life. I, I it just, I have a lot of respect for people that can do it. I think it, it's an incredible trait to be able to do that. I have struggled with it. I think people see that throughout my life and my career. That is not something that I'm fantastic at, so I don't want anybody to be put in that position. But joining us now, a man who did not have to ask for permission <laughs> to join us, I don't know if he ever did, to be honest with you. <laughs> Absolute stud of an NFL quarterback, was a teammate of mine. Now you can see him on ESPN Sunday NFL. Countdown alongside uh, Rex, yeah. Teddy, what? Uh, Samantha, what? and uh, Randy. Randy. Randy Moss. Oh, yeah. Hell Hell yeah. yeah. And Schefter. Uh-huh. Oh. 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 oh I wonder if this guy asked any questions. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Matt Hasselbeck. Yay! What's up, dude? What's up? How are you guys doing? I'm great, man. How are you? Did you ever have to ask for permission to come on here? No. Yes? No? Was it awkward? Was it tough? No, I, no, I came on all the time. But the, the, I got dumped for Aaron Rodgers, though, which oh. I understand. Whoa! Oh, not true. What? No, no. Hey, those two can coexist, obviously. Uh, it's great to see you again. You look good. You look very healthy. You look thin. You must be getting at it right now. Uh, I'm trying to, man. I'm trying to. Got, got a little sloppy there. Early in the pandemic, I got in great shape. Then it got a little sloppy. Got, like, workout fatigue. Just trying to get back into it. How's the uh, schedule going with Sunday NFL Countdown over there? I get a chance to watch it when I wake up on Sundays. Love what you guys do. I think you're hilarious. Uh, the roundtable is good discussion. I think it provides great fodder. How's the season going? And Has anything insane happened behind the scenes that maybe uh, threw you through uh, for a loop or anything? Uh, well, we our show starts at 10 a.m., so now I know what time you wake up on Sundays. Yeah, Congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, these are long weeks, Hasselbeck. These are long weeks. I don't know how. I don't know. How. Yeah, no, hey, it's a great show. We have a ton of fun. We do it from New York City, and uh, we went on the road for the Brady versus Belichick game back in Foxborough, which is a home game for me because I live here in Boston and kind of a homecoming for Teddy Bruschi and, and Randy Moss. Rex Ryan was he was like a little bit uncomfortable though, you know, all those years <laughs> as the Jets coach and the Bills coach going back. So uh, it was pretty fun. We just told everybody he was Bill Parcells. Some of the people believed us. Some Smart. Of them, it was it was a good time. He. Um... So was the live? Why don't you guys do that more often? Because it feels like the live. Was it live in front of a crowd? I must have missed it. Yeah, was it, it was. What you guys didn't want to do that? Are in New York? Are you in front of a crowd? Is it base? Is it normally a traveling show? Or you just did that because of how big the game was? Yeah. So last year, because of COVID, we went to New York and and filmed the show on the roof of a building inside of a tent uh in new york down in the seaport and it, it was actually really cool we loved it uh the table was set up for better discussion it just was it was just cool being in new york city a lot of football fans in new york city in of all different teams so they liked it so much that we kept it this year we're not on the roof anymore but i, I just think it was kind of born out of covid and it was something that we'll keep we have gone on the road for big games we went to pittsburgh we went to philly you know we've gone different places but uh this was a special thing. I think because of COVID, the rest of the year we'll be in New York City, which, which is which is also fine. It's a great place to talk about football. Yeah, I think so. And as long as you have a camera working, I mean that's all you really need, especially with the people that you have on that show, including yourself. Big storyline out of the NFL right now is it the Cardinals being the best team ever? Uh, what do you do? You think it's uh, do you think it's Mac Jones developing? What do you think the big story is right now uh, when it comes to teams in the NFL? Are you talking about the Arizona Cardinals? Is that who you're talking about right now? Talking about any, like, in your mind, what is the big news you think? Because for yeah. me, it's the Cardinals. So, for me, it's the so Cardinals are unbelievable. Obviously, the Arizona Cardinals are the only undefeated team. So 
it's easy to talk about that. Kyler Murray's been outstanding. Cliff Kingsbury, the big question was, would this air raid system that he's bringing from college, like, would that translate to the NFL? And it looked like it wasn't going to work. It really looked like it wasn't going to work. And I think you turn on the film this year, it is working. It is working huge. The thing that people don't really realize about the Arizona Cardinals yeah, they're a four-wides team, and yeah, they're in shotgun, and they're spreading you out, and they're going to uh, you know, throw the ball all over the place, and Kyler's going to run all over the place. But they're actually a very, very physical run team, run downhill at you. So nobody's in four-wides more than Arizona. They spread you out, and then they run this just kind of like this inside-the-tackle run game with James Conner, who's, as you guys know, yeah. a very, very physical runner. But they do it with the threat of the zone read with Kyler Murray keeping it. He doesn't really do it. He doesn't He doesn't hold on to the ball that much. He doesn't run the ball that much. But you kind of have to honor it because if he ever does get loose, it's like letting a punt returner get loose. So they're actually a very physical run team. And then, yes, as a passer, he's a natural passer. And they're spreading it all, all around the field. You know, they've obviously got, obviously got DeAndre Hopkins, who's – Amazing AJ Green, the guy no one really talks about. He's five foot seven. His name's Rondale Moore from Purdue. He doesn't talk either. Go, go YouTube <laughs> his squat and his vertical jump. It's great video. This this kid is uh, underrated. He should never come off the field. Dude, he had a catch last week on the sideline where he caught it like like by the ends of the ball. Basically, it was one of the most. He came on our show and definitely gave the worst conversation we have ever had <laughs> ever worse than jerry worse than jerry and i don't know i don't know if you remember the jerry rice conversation but yeah hey look at you you guys are quick yeah. that's the old uh, nate burleson toe drag swag right there that was one of the great Whoa. throws and great catches of the week and again kyler murray not a tall guy i think rondell moore's five foot seven if i have that right um, so two little guys in a big man's league just crushing it right now. Yeah, absolutely. They're fun to watch. And uh, Toe Drag Swag, could you imagine going from Good Morning Football to CBS This Morning talking about the Taliban? Could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> he did that. I'm so impressed. I am so hey, impressed. His life hey, has to I be so Nate, different. Nate, Nate Burleson was a teammate of mine in Seattle and, uh, you know, really – wasn't a starter for a little stretch there as a wide receiver. We had kind of, uh, he was the retaliatory signing after we had lost Steve Hutchinson. So then we got him from Minnesota to kind of get back at them. And, and he didn't start out as a starting receiver. So he said, you know what, I'm going to help the team any way I can. He was a punt returner and was an incredible punt returner and won some games for us as a punt returner and worked his way into the starting lineup as a wide receiver and was really an outstanding wide receiver too, but great personality. And anybody that's ever played with Nate is totally rooting for him right now. He's doing a great job. I love that. I love to hear that about Nate. I think we've kind of got that from afar. But his life has to be vastly different. Oh. I mean, it, and we are, I'm so impressed. There's no way I could do. The first clip I saw of him, he had to report on, I think, bumper cars happening with the Taliban oh, yeah. mm -hmm. unloading AKs in the middle of the street. Like, that was his first thing. I'm like, yesterday he was rapping about which team <laughs> in the NFL could potentially go. And now he's talking, it's incredibly impressive. And he's on Nickelodeon. He's crushing it. Hey, that could be you someday. What, would no. you ever make this, the switch to mainstream media and talk about like real world stuff? No, no. No, no, they, they hate each other. I knew, I knew, they hate I the answer to that question. I, I've kind of gotten into it a little bit. I, like, because we've had to talk about, you know, the real world's come into the NFL a couple times, yeah. you know, in yeah. a big way. So we've had to talk about it. And I've always thought this about that world. You know, I've always thought, and you, you kind of related to somebody in that world almost. I think I've always thought about it. It's just, 
people yelling at each other from opposite ends of the spectrum. And then they move to the next topic. And it's just the same thing. I'm like, I don't know how you have that much energy, hate, and like commitment to making the world better that you are mad at everybody all the time. That is that world. I could not do it. Yeah. We, well, I, you'd have to wear sleeves in that world too. That's just, that's a deal breaker for you. Well, and also with arms like that. <laughs> hey, also he's and joined, pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been wearing pants lately because I have been getting a little colder as I get older. What's that all about? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, let's talk about a quarterback that did get a little bit older. Good transition. Real professional. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, Tom Brady. What's the deal? How's this happen? Is this because of avocado ice cream? Is, is, and is he playing his best football right now? There's been that narrative out there. They were saying he's playing his best he's ever played. Was he wasted in New England with how they ran the, the, the operation, Matt Hasselbeck? I, I would say there's eight quarterbacks right now kind of in that MVP hunt. Tom Brady definitely is one of them. I, I don't know that you can say he's playing his best football ever because okay. of that year that he had with Randy Moss was just – you know, ridiculous. It was just ridiculous. But he, he looks like he's getting younger. I mean, they're using him on naked bootlegs. You saw him scramble for yards. What is he, 44 years old and he's getting faster somehow? I know for me, I know for me, and this is like a smaller sample size and very, very different, but I played 10 years in Seattle and we're on field turf every day. And, you know, like the weather gets tough in the winter. And then I went and signed with the Tennessee Titans down in Nashville. And it's just hot and humid. You're on this beautiful grass every day that you could like sleep on or use a sand wedge on. It's just like perfect. And so I think he's probably experiencing a little bit of that where he was up here in New England in the winter. It's field turf. Like we're going outside in the rain. And now he's down in beautiful, beautiful Tampa. Oh. It's hot and humid. The first five minutes of practice, oh. you already feel like you're loose and ready to go. The joints. So, the joints. The joints feel good. Yeah. You know, everyone's happy. He's got his guy, Alex Guerrero, down there with him doing soft tissue before, during, after. And, you know, he's the most pliable quarterback. So, and oh, by the way, he's got probably the most talented offense that he's played with in a long, long time. So, you know, it's it's not a surprise. I actually picked them to, to be the Super Bowl champions this year, which that. isn't a great thing because I'm usually not great at predictions. But on, um, on paper, they've got everything that they need for sure. Uh, let's talk about – we're going to put that on ticker, by the way. ESPN analyst Matt Hasselbeck says Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl. Whoa. Okay. Well, I had already said it, but you can say it again. Oh, so it's on record already somewhere. We, we missed it's on record. Okay. I was in the 10 o'clock hour. It was yeah. in the 10 o'clock hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't wake up till 11. I don't wake up till 11. I probably missed it. That's – 100% on me. Let's go back to Tom Brady being the most pliable. And I think as somebody who's been around the NFL your entire life, literally your entire life, you understand and appreciate when players have businesses and everything like that. TB12, that was quite a controversy up there in New England on Alex Guerrero's relationship with Tom in the building. Was he allowed in there? Was he not allowed in there? When he was in there, he was working on a lot of guys, not just Tom. Then he got booted out of there. And everybody kind of just assumed it was a package deal wherever he goes next. Tampa has kind of bought in, I think, completely and said, hey, you got so you get your own office, I think he's down. He's got his own sideline passes. Why would you – now, I know Bill runs a different ship. Would you love that as a coach, hate that as a coach? Because if he's winning and playing better and he's taking care of other people, isn't this good? Why was this potentially something – he's not the only one, by the way, Alex Guerrero. There's other body gurus that people yeah. have had that they've wanted in the building. Why do you think that is – and do you think that's something of the future where maybe guys will have their own personal people in the building more? Yeah, I think it's a thing of the present, really. I mean, back when I played and you played, it was uh, the team had their people. The team had a strength and conditioning coach, and the team had a head athletic trainer and a team doctor, and that was kind of it. You know, they, they'd like to have control of all of that stuff. And some of the star players now, they've got their own person, whether it's a, 
uh, a body coach, um, a massage therapist, a PT, physiotherapist. So I got my own strength coach. I do my own workout. That has definitely changed in the NFL, in particular for star players. And so some of the, the younger coaches and maybe even just like some of the more adaptable coaches have, uh, you know, kind of embraced that with their players. But it, but it's a it's a it's a slippery slope. And I understand why coaches, you know, if you got one guy saying like, hey, you should practice today and another guy saying you shouldn't practice today or one guy saying, hey, I need you to deadlift and squat. And another guy saying like, hey, you should never use free weights. It gets a little cloudy for the player. But I just think that's what the NFL has become. It's, it's become um, the players have more power and more control than they've ever had in terms of how they decide to work out. And, and quite honestly, I believe the players should have that power. Ultimately, your film that you put out is your resume. It, you're investing in your body. Uh, we are grown-ups. We're not little kids. So, um, yeah. you know, I just, I just think it's probably about time that, that it's gone that way. Yeah, especially if the players are paying them. Like everybody saw the picture of Russell Wilson with five body coaches around him on the Peloton. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He was strapped into the uh, fighter jet. <laughs> yeah. He was strapped into the fighter jet uh-huh. thing. And it was like, you see the, okay, that guy's an upper body coach. That guy's a leg coach. That's a cardio coach. That's hey, a listen, coach. the other one, Pat, you know, like when we were playing, you weren't allowed to have your own personal cell phone with you during your workout. You know, because yeah. posting was a thing, you know, kind of uh, like when yeah. you and I were teammates. Yeah, kind of. You know, putting it on your story or whatever. Nowadays, I feel like if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL or a drafted quarterback, it's like you don't go anywhere without like your your personal photographer. You know, some of these workouts, I'm Kyle's. like, wow, that's a great workout, but like, oh. who took this photo? Hey. Like, it's 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 like hey. it's almost like if you didn't take a picture of it, the workout never happened. Well, that's real because you'll be judged on your work ethic versus other people that are posting that they're working all the time. So it's kind of a victim of circumstance in that particular case. If you're an introvert who doesn't want to do it, how about Shadow Lion? First of all, for Tom, awesome. They are fucking unbelievable. That's I don't know if that's a collection of editors. If Shadow Lion is a a singular, I have no idea what it is. That's Tom Brady's thing. Kyler, this video that Kyler just put out of uh, this past week when he was in LA. Oh, so good. It was They had him in 8K slow-mo highlights. They jogged out behind him as he was jogging out of the tunnel. I mean, it was unbelievable. Cool. I think it's yeah. being, I think it's accepted a lot more. You know what I mean? I think it's just accepted a lot more. And I think the promotion is appreciated, especially from the teams and uh, as you kind of get younger and marketing and everything like that. Let's move on to younger, uh, not just Kyler. What have you seen out of any of these other young quarterbacks that gives you hope? And is there anybody that is like, uh, I don't know if that's going to work out for them. Maybe it's a situation or how they're playing. Are you talking about the rookie quarterbacks? Are you yeah. talking about... Yeah, so it's tough being a rookie quarterback. You're getting thrown into the fire. Um, ironically, okay, of all the guys that we talk about, there's one guy with a winning on a team with a winning record right now, and it's Justin Fields, and and he had a tough start to it against Cleveland, right? So he's, he's actually now with the new play caller and Bill Lazor, they're running the ball a heck of a lot more. I think they called a run 39 times last week. He's actually the guy by the end of the season could be in the best situation. I think Mac Jones is another guy that they're protecting him. They're playing better football. If you protect Mac Jones, I believe, like if this was seven on seven, I would take Mac Jones as probably my guy. But it's not seven on seven. It's 11 on 11. And so, you know, you got guys like Justin Fields or or other guys that can move a little bit that can kind of maybe rescue you from bad pass pro. But but I would say Mac Jones, Justin Fields for this year, having success this year, those would probably be the two guys that I would say could be relevant later in the year. Otherwise... 
I'm just kind of looking at it like a redshirt year for the other rookie quarterbacks. And it's just like, hey, take your lumps now. These will be learning lessons that hopefully in a hey, year. Hey, how, how do fans, how, how can fans comprehend that? Because it's so real. Like, Trey Lance might not be an MVP quarterback right now. I mean, look what Josh Allen was like four years ago. And I think there was, Bill's Mafia is a loyal bunch. I don't think they ever said anything. But I think there were some questions like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then you have success. You just have to kind of eat it in the moment as a fan and as a player and as a coach. You just have to know in the organization, like, hey, we're probably going to catch some shit here for a little bit. Well, they call it growing pains. You hear coaches like, oh, we're going to have growing pains. You know, like that's just part of it. I think like the tough thing for a guy like Trey Lance, he's 21 years old. He's played one game since he turned 20, and that was against Central Arkansas. So this isn't necessarily a guy like, Jeez. you know, like maybe like a Trevor Lawrence <laughs> who was a four-year starter, I believe, in high school, started for four years at Clemson, has played in big, big games. He's been on the national stage for essentially like seven years. Like some of these guys don't come in with that same level of uh, experience. And Trey Lance is a guy, to me, He's a project like he would benefit from Jimmy Garoppolo being healthy and him getting like a little bit of a redshirt year. Hey, we're going to use you in short yardage. We're going to use you in the red zone. We're going to give you, uh, you know, we're going to give you just we're, we're going to give you like we're not going to give you more than you can chew. Basically, I don't want to say training wheels because when Quick he's question. in there, he's doing real football. Quick question like, about that. Quick question about that. I don't know how much you know Lynch or Shanahan. I don't know if you are connected. I assume you are because you're around the NFL forever. And I think Lynch and you maybe I don't know, whatever the case um, would you jeopardize three future first-round picks to get to number three or whatever to get a guy that is a project? Like, do you think, like Shanahan, the way he, you know, he's number two quarterback for a reason. And like, the, like the things he has said, it's not like. And I don't know how Shan, I don't know him as a person. I've only seen him go from one rooftop oh, to yeah. another rooftop at a beach house. He seems like he has a good time, from what it sounds like. But do you think that? Trey Lance won them over through that workout? Or do you think they went and got and said, hey, this guy is going to be a guy that we'll be able to create into something great? I think analytics are playing a big role in football right now. And I think sometimes it's a copycat league a little bit. But I think probably what's happening with some teams is they're looking at who Super Bowl champion teams are and what's a common denominator between Super Bowl champions. And I think a common denominator has been elite elite high level quarterback play like you there's a handful of guys in the world that go win you a super bowl and so i think there's some teams that are saying hey we don't really care what the cost is we are going to do whatever we can do to get you one of those handful of guys that can go be a super bowl winner and you know like right or wrong i think that's a philosophy that you're seeing some teams take and so carolina up a lot to just to get one guy at the position as you know it is a team sport it is a team sport and quarterbacks get way too much attention but uh but i also think that's probably why you see like the big monster deals go down on on trade on draft day just trying to get one of those elite guys okay so it's like carolina is one of those teams I mean, te imagine if Teddy, and we don't know what the Broncos are, I guess. They beat three bad teams early, and then who knows how this whole thing's going to pan out for any team, let alone the Broncos. Teddy didn't have Christian McCaffrey when he was there, right? And they pay him, and I guess it was only like $20 million or $25 million. He didn't have Christian McCaffrey. It was Matt Rule's first year in the NFL, and they were like, nah, not good enough. Get him out of here. All right, Sam, yep. Sam Darnold. We'll bring in – and if Sam Darnold's not good enough, by the way, even if they picked up his fifth-year option, nah, get him out. It seems like they are trying to do exactly what you're talking about. It seems you, like 
You hit the nail on the head, Pat. That is a great example. It's probably the perfect example of a team that will be, I believe, will be in every single quarterback conversation from here forward as a team that says, you know, as their owner, I believe, has said, hey, we, we are looking for the best of the best at the quarterback position. Sam Darnold will have a chance to be that, and he's shown promise. But if he plays like he played last week, which is – kind of how he played when he was with the Jets, Whoa. he's not going to be the guy. Just like you said, it'll be the next guy, and they'll they'll constantly be looking around for who that is. Hey, by the way, you love – I mean, we have Carson Wentz this year. We had Phil Rivers the year before that. We, had, You know what I mean? So I don't know if Jim Mercy is this guy, but if you're a fan, I think you enjoy that type of owner. Like, hey, yeah, yeah, let's keep it going. It's like yeah. fantasy football almost. Who can we redraft this entire thing? Ty, balls to you. Mr. Haspel, great to see you hey, first good and foremost. Up, guys. Thank you. So. Um, Going back to Russell Wilson in Seattle, we heard all the stuff offseason with him and Pete Carroll, him trying to get out of there, and then everything kind of just got better overnight. Season started, he gets hurt. If they kind of go into like a tailspin here, do you think that kind of plants the seeds that he might be out of Seattle come next year? Yeah, that, that was a storyline, and then we just kind of forgot about it when Aaron Rodgers became a storyline, right? And, oh, yeah. you know, I think sometimes through, like – you know, like unhappiness or conversations, you come together. And I think you've seen that team, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, come together. He got the offensive coordinator that he, that you know, allegedly that he wanted, Shane Waldron, who was running that Sean McVay offense. It seems like everything is good in paradise there in Seattle. Um, I would expect, a, like, a kind of a good ending to this story. That's kind of how I see it. Oh, they, nice. To, to me, the biggest issue there yeah. right now is sort of they're just not affecting the passer so like the back seven the dbs and the linebackers don't look anywhere near as good as they should look because seattle's not getting a pass rush offensively russell wilson's numbers are really good offensively russell wilson and company they're doing a decent job and they've done it without chris carson for a good part of the year so i think russell wilson will come back the big thing right now is geno smith just has to find a way to get three wins or two out of three wins here in the next month if geno smith plays anything like he did at the end of that game after learning behind what russ for four years now at this point five how long has it been maybe three years it's been a yeah, lot. so Gino, Gino might be even on his fourth team right now. Like he's 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 bounced around a little bit, and uh, you know, so hopefully, like he brings that calming veteran presence. A lot of times when you have your backup quarterback in, you got guys jumping off sides, you're ta- taking sacks in field goal range, and now you're punting. Nothing against punting, but like you know what I mean. Like you're 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 Whoa, you're hoping to kick field anything. goals when you're in field goal position. I wasn't going to take any offense to that until you said I shouldn't take offense to that. Interesting. Because it sounds like your brain was like, oh, that was definitely a shot. So, I mean, that's... You never know. You're a little sensitive sometimes. i got to be very careful. Eggshells. Eggshells. Hey, listen, don't be talking about punters. <laughs> all right, you, you've, you've met us all. You know what we are. There's no reason for you to continue uh, to push the narrative that your friends, the quarterbacks that get on TV and did before you. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Just make, what are you doing? Are you drinking some uh, avocado uh, water? Whoa. Just, just water, man. Just water. Uh, okay, man. I'm drinking uh, green tea. Drink green okay. tea here. Cheers to you, dude. Thanks for coming back on the show, man. What? Good to see you. Always Bye. fun. Always fun. Cheers. 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 Cheers, dude. Nice. Go ahead, Connor. That was cool. Oh, yeah. Matt, uh, so what's going on with the Colts? Do they stink or are they just kind of getting unlucky nah. here and uh, 
Quick follow-up. Have you been struck by lightning, or is Wikipedia lying to me? Um, I Okay, first off, I have been struck by lightning. Now, moving on to the Colts. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. When, when did this happen? The Col- you know, the Colts got uh, the Colts, the Colts got, that got a, like, a tough call on that lateral. Like, was that really a lateral? That Was that a forward pass, <laughs> Darius Leonard? The lightning, so, Matt. So, qu- quick story on the lightning. I thought you guys maybe had heard it. Only been struck by lightning once. I think Only. Wikipedia might say twice, but just once. Uh, I was at a wedding, and it's actually the guy who's now the uh, the head coach of the Washington Capitals, Peter Laviolette. It's his, his wedding. Wow. And uh, he was marrying a girl that I grew up with. And, yeah, we got, like, 16 of us got struck by lightning. We all survived. We all lived to tell. It. it definitely hurts, but it was it wasn't that big of a deal. It, we made it. And uh, what did so you feel? Forward, what did you feel? What did it feel like? Just hot? It feels like you got electrocuted. Like if you ever ever gotten a shock? Yeah. It's like it's like getting shocked, but times like a million. You know what I mean? It's oh, so like, like stem through your whole body. Yeah. So like mine came like up my toes to my knees and then back out my toes. I was sitting in a chair. So. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't recommend it. I don't recommend it. Well, I was kind of hoping my legs. hair would start growing back after this happened. Like, I thought I'd do <laughs> some supernatural power. Didn't happen, though. That's all. And then years later, something happened? Did you get struck again? or you were, did it I don't think so. Like, I think it came up on Wikipedia that I got struck twice, and I'm like, I feel like, no, that's not true. So, Just fixed it. Just once. Thank you, Z. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great time, Mr. Hasselbeck. Mr. Hasselbeck. Hey, we miss you over here, bud. Legit. The people, uh, the boys miss you. I, uh, I saw the Vinatieri's yesterday in their part of their college search. Uh, I saw uh, Mrs. Vinatieri and then and then the daughter. So uh, you see it reminded me of good times. You, Did know? you see Adam? I haven't seen him. No. Is he on the Pat McAfee workout? Ah, I think he's on something. I think he's on the workout <laughs> much larger. He is the really? work. He is because he was always super strong. Remember, like he used to go yeah. into the gym and like even whenever he was forty plus. He was trying to keep up with the 25-year-old linebackers. Like, that was something he took a lot of pride in. And I think once he's retired, he has just gone straight to the gym all day, every day. He is animal. an animal right now. It's awesome to see. He could probably still kick if I had to guess. Go ahead, Tom. Uh, Mr. Hasselbeck, you were a quarterback that played until you weren't old, but you were older. Okay? We'll put yeah, it that you way. you could say I was 40. Okay. Sorry. Right. Until you were 40. Like, did you know that Father Time was potentially like creeping up? And like, could you feel like velocity coming off your ball, or like not being able to move like you used to? Like, or do older quarterbacks in the league have to be told that? <laughs> I, I kind of know where you're going with this. Kind of talking um, about number seven in Pittsburgh. Listen, I, I don't. For me, it definitely wasn't throwing. It definitely wasn't that. It was uh, like it was. It was uh, taking hits. That was one thing that uh, that I was getting really. You know, ever seen like hits that shouldn't hurt me were hurting me. Um, separating ribs on on. You know, I remember we were playing the Steelers on Monday Night Football. I took a just like a medium oh. hit and separated two ribs. Then I got hit in the head at the top of the head by Cam Hayward and. Like, it was a big hit, but, like, literally I didn't know if I was going to, like, be able to get to the sideline. It hurt so much. So, like, that that was definitely coming on. But, you know, I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, in football, they test how fast you can run. But I think when you get old, when you're 40, they should test how fast you can – they call it COD, uh, change of direction. How fast you can change direction or how fast you can, in my case, just stop. You know, I'd be, like, running out of bounds and, like, I'd be looking at the heated benches and I'm like – I can't stop right now. I have no way to stop. So I would just like go to the ground and then fall awkwardly. And so, you know, at 40 years old, things get a little tougher. But, uh, 
No, I, I really didn't know, and I kind of probably needed someone to tell me. Okay, and that's because you had an incredible run, by the way. And whenever you made the decision in your career to be the backup to Andrew Luck was very noble. And in doing so, you led us to some very good times. I, I just got a text from uh, Chuck Pagano. And he says, hey. he says, if Gino plays anything like Matt played in 2015 after Luck got hurt, that story will end well. Five and three at 40 years old. Let's go. Wow. Let's hey, go. that run, I don't know if you knew it was going to be as long as it was when you came in there. I, I don't know if you knew it was going to be like a, a, a half a season, basically. That was awesome to watch you go to work, dude. It really was. It was really cool to see that. And you did so well for us. I don't know if what the expectations were or anywhere else, but you were... You were a great yeah, I was, leader I for was, our team. I wasn't expecting it, and it was bad timing for me because I, I had just gotten poisoned by a by a local uh, Mexican fast food place, and I was in the hospital. First of all, I was, like, sick in the first game. Oh, that was awesome. And uh, thought I got drugged, and then I was in the hospital. Then we had to play a Thursday night game, so – you know, shout out to the medical staff there that, that helped me get on the field. Hold on. We have to talk about this. You getting food poisoning from, um, I believe it was Chipotle. Ooh. I think it was Chipotle. Oh, the big E. coli. Yeah, yeah he got yeah. it. He was in the hospital, I guess. And I, he, this, I did not know all this. I did not know he was in the hospital because he was showing up at work, too. I think he was overnight. I think whatever happened. I, I don't. Maybe I knew of him being sick or whatever. I walked into the stadium and there was a dead body on the floor (laughs) in the middle of our locker room with a hoodie over his head, laying down completely. He'd been hooked up, I think, to IVs all day. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? You know, I can't get the hood comes down. What's up, buddy? It was Hassel. I'm like, that's our starting quarterback. Oh, my. Oh, my word. You threw a go route to T.Y., I think, to win that game, right? Um. I think it was a slant and go, yeah. But uh, but the reason you were nervous is because I think you were the emergency quarterback yeah. that day if yep. something Wake something up. went down. And I've never seen you get so nervous before. Wake up, dude. Can we fucking put something in this guy? <laughs> 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 Matt, we appreciate you stopping by. Tonight, you got the uh, Buccaneers and Eagles in Philadelphia. Your thoughts? Who do you think comes out on top, and what do you think uh, by how many? Yeah, listen, I think the Buccaneers are uh, playing great football, and Philly is uh, not anywhere near as talented of a team. It's the NFL, so it'll probably be a good game, but I, I like I like Buccaneers. I like the Buccaneers and their chances. Hey, me too. We're really going out on a limb here, and, and I think if we were to be like your show, I think this particular office would have the same fucking logo right in front yeah. of it. Well, Pat, we're talking about overs and unders now and talking about covering. You know, we're we're getting with the times. Are now. you really? Wow. You guys talk about spreads yeah. over there? I didn't know that. I thought yeah, it was just, just a little bit. We dabble in it. You know, we're not experts like you. We're not pros. Nah, but uh, I would I would take – listen, Philly won last week, but they only won because of a special teams sort of – I think it was a blocked punt. So if you take the blocked punt out of the situation, I think Carolina would have got that win. So it's more reason that I've got confidence in Tampa Bay. Okay, me too. You said it. I listen. Ladies and gentlemen – Sunday NFL Countdown host on ESPN, former quarterback and teammate, great man, Matt Hasselbeck. Thank you. Hey, cheers, dude. Cheers, dude. Cheers. Cheers, dude. Cheers, dude. Hey, cheers, dude. 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 Cheers, or on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, <laughs> here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction, so... 
Let's go back a sentence or two. Okay, okay. When you when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes, and guess what? Ha! Lasts a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's yeah. Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's Boom. right. Dingers. Downtown. Bingo. Population you, dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? The shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yes, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. Cool. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. Senior NFL insider at NFL.com and NFL Network, the weekly host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah! What's up? Hey, I have, What's a qu- I have a question. Sure. You just got off TV a little bit ago? Mm-hmm. Do you have that thing all the way up? And then when you come to us, it's like, yeah, let me kick back with the boys. <laughs> yeah. do, like, do you do the one-handed unbutton, too? Do you do, like, the one... I got oh, the I would say almost immediately when getting off TV, I will take this down and roll the sleeves. I constantly a sleeve roller. I'm one of the great sleeve rollers of all time. You don't have sleeves. <laughs> I don't have sleeves. I assume AJ potentially good sleeve roller as well. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, do you one hand that button or no? Do you one hand that button or are you like? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's- I had to think about it. I just do it so I one hand. And then I do this and then to the center. So it looks like I just, you know, left the trading floor. I'm surprised. About, yeah, yeah, well, I appreciate that, you know, and it's just keep them on the ride, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what you look like. It is fascinating to hear that you're able to do that one handed because a lot of people say you're not that athletic because of a video that resurfaced because we're on an anniversary of you getting hit with a ball and looking like you got hit with an actual bomb grenade from the Taliban. So have you ever played catch before? Have you ever been hit with a ball before? And what happened on that particular day on the sideline, Ian Rappaport? All right. Uh, I actually have great hands. Um, oh, I, no, it's true. I have great hands. I believe. It. I grew up uh, as a catcher in baseball. I got great, nice, soft hands. Really fluid, good reflexes. Here's what happened there. Uh-huh. I was doing an interview, or doing a you know doing a hit on the sideline, and I, I didn't know it at the time, but I believe it was a punt from the Packers punter at the time. Well, I can't remember who it was. They were practicing. I don't know if you know about this, but sometimes punters will try to practice like kicking it sort of toward the sideline to make it harder to return. Oh. Um, yeah. Now they like before the game they practice that. So, it actually hit the lights in front of me and then bounced back into my face. 
Um, and it didn't. Oh, see, that's not a good look. Look how big my suit is. My oh, suit is yeah. so big. Very there's boxy. Lot, there, there's a lot of unathletic stuff in this particular video that I did not know existed yeah. until this morning. And it was a nice treat, I'm going to be honest. I mean, it would have been better if I had caught it. I think, tell you the main thing. So I get off, I get off air. I give my mic to my producer. I walk up to the press box. And I didn't know anything about TV at that point. I was very bad. And I call my wife. I'm like, hey, like, things are fine. Everything's fine. But something just happened. Like, you're probably going to see it. And I told her, like, I got hit in the face with a football. And she's like, did you curse? I said, no. She's like, oh, okay. All right, you're good. And she's right. No, she like, saw what you did. And she said, I wish you would have just said, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> is that what your wife said? I assume. I assume that is what she said. But it's awesome. You could, obviously, if you get hit out of nowhere, it would be a little bit startling. Your reaction, hilarious. Your suit, even more funny. But we're happy that you survived that and have continued to do incredible NFL coverage. Now, you're one of the only people that I can ask this question to. So I assume that you are prepared for this question and understand this. This Schefter situation with these emails where he sends it to Bruce Allen and says, do I need anything tweaked, changed, or anything like that? And in the insider game, we know you all have to have relationships with people who are making decisions. That's how you get inside information. In your eyes, do you have to draw a line on what you can do, what you can't do, what they have control? And is that is that a moving line? Does everybody have different lines in that world? And are those clearly defined across the board? Well, what I try to do, whenever I'm reporting something that's sensitive or important or you know career changing life changing like real stuff we're not talking like ankle sprains but like you know the important hopefully important news that we report a lot of times on sunday mornings like this coach may be fired this quarterback may be benched this player is going to have surgery uh i will almost always like in every possible chance i get pick up the phone call the people involved the agent for the people involved the coach, the GM, the PR person, whoever needs to know and give them a heads up for what I'm reporting. And you're right. I mean, we have we have relationships. Uh, sometimes we have strong relationships. I think most people get it and know that like we are going to report stuff that is that is not good. Sometimes we are going to report stuff that they don't want. And it helps relationships if people know you have a job to do and they know that you're going to give them a heads up. And sometimes it's like, I need to tell my owner that something's coming. So, like, can you wait two minutes? Like, that will sometimes happen. Um, so I try to pick up the phone, call these people, let them know everything that's happening, and kind of proceed from there. And I know AJ probably has a question about this as well. This will be my last one. I saw a lot of other journalists judging Schefter hard, and obviously the world judging Schefter hard for this. In the insider community, how is that perceived? And do you guys all have a group text? And did you guys all say, oh, fuck this guy? You can't be doing this type of thing? This is how he gets more inside information than us? Uh, we do not have a group text, although that would be certainly interesting. I'm going to have a group text with Garofalo and Pelissero all the time. Yeah. Uh, we banter back and forth and whatever. But uh, there's not like an all-insider group text. You know, where Glazer would be like, oh, man, just got a good lift in. Like, no, that doesn't really <laughs> Um But I will say this, like, He's very good. Uh, he's been doing this a long time. I have my job because of the job that he basically created. Uh, and sometimes he beats me on stories, which is very annoying. Um, well, that's because he's letting people just write his entire article. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. He's I'm joking. very I'm good. I know, he's I know, I'm joking. That was, that was low. That was low. I shouldn't have done that at the particular time. But I appreciate hearing that from you. because, And I appreciate you answering that, by the way, because as soon as I heard about it, 
I think my initial reaction was like, okay, I could see how people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Especially in the middle of a CBA, you're allowing somebody to do this. And then I was wondering to myself, well, how do insiders get information? They have to have some sort of relationship with people of very powerful people. So I'm happy you answered that question. Thank you for that, Rap Sheet. I appreciate it. Go ahead, AJ. Uh, could you give an example of maybe something you would send to a, a GM or a coach in writing? I know the, the big issue was he sent the whole article. Like, what would be an example of something you actually do send them in writing? Um, I would, I try to have most of my conversations on the phone. I just, it's too much gets lost in translation with messages, right? Um, so I would say I will almost always pick up the phone and read someone what I'm reporting. So an example, uh, you know, a coach, uh, a coach is in trouble. And if they, you know, lose the game, they may get fired. I would probably call up the GM or the owner or whoever is in charge and be like, here is what I'm going to say on Sunday. Um, if it is, you know, a, a contract situation, if a contract's done, it's done. But if it's not done, I will give a heads up and be like, here's the language I'm planning to use. And people will push back. They'll make arguments. Sometimes I will listen to their arguments, I will always listen, but sometimes I will change based on their arguments. Sometimes people have good points. Um, it's, it's always, you know, these, they don't exist in a vacuum, right? And, and because we cover the same people over and over, you're going to have situations where you're going to report something bad about a team or a person or whatever one time and then report something positive another time and hopefully people understand like this is literally just part of it. So people are very, very sensitive about the language you use. And once I realized that I made sure that I will literally read them. Like here is going to be my tweet. Like I will listen. I'll always listen. Here's what I'm planning to say. Uh, you just looked at something that might've been like right here. What was that? You looked off the screen in the middle of that. Is that's my, that's my text. So I have my text. People always are like, how many phones do you have? I only have one phone, but I have my text come up my computer um, apparently there's a Washington football team statement or something that is coming out. But president's, I a president's brief, by the way. Jason Wright actually just tweeted. Oh, yeah, Z what did he say? He said, we wanted to do something long overdue by retiring players' numbers months ago. We planned for Bobby Mitchell and Sean Taylor to be the first two. Seeing reaction, I'm very sorry that the short notice does not properly reflect the impact that Sean had. President's brief to come is what he said. So we kind of talked about this earlier there's a lot that goes into retiring of numbers a lot like yeah. travel and videos and testimonials and everything like that for this to be announced now aj and i aj more so than i i think he was much more open earlier assumed that this was planned long ago and it just so happened to happen this weekend and they didn't roll it out in the way that you would expect especially for something like this but the internet was taking it as oh this is just them trying to get back in good graces with either their fan base or the nfl media as a whole they're doing something great that is long overdue it's just kind of an interesting situation over there right now you know ian uh not surprisingly, AJ is right. Um, so good job. Hey, boy, AJ. Uh, yeah. Hey, boy, yeah. AJ. Yeah. Hey, he pumps gas with his car on. Hey, boy, hey, AJ. Boy. Wait, hold on. Drives both feet. Yeah, this guy, yeah. AJ. Yeah. 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 You hear him? I see you, Rappaport. You do it too, don't you? Of course. I mean, now, I would say among the things I get in trouble for in my household, it's pumping gas with the car, but I don't understand why I wouldn't be allowed to do that. It makes oh, no geez. sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> anyway, 
Um, anyway, uh, so yes, this was. Do you drive with both good. feet? Do you drive with both feet? No, I'm not a lunatic, but the gas. <laughs> okay, 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 dude. Ah, okay. AJ's um, a liability over there. He's cars up and he's hitting the brakes at all the time. Now, hold on. Sorry. Do you, do you drive with both feet because, like, you broke your foot at some point and had to learn with the other foot? Man, you were very smart and perceptive, Ian. At one point, I, yeah, I couldn't move my, my right foot back and forth, but I've just adopted that for the rest of my life. That was probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago. That's Come amazing. On. It's not. God. It's a liability. It's, it's reckless. Give it a shot, it's, it's, it a shot today, Ian. You can it's do it. careless. It's reckless. Ian isn't driving for fucking two weeks. He's sitting in that room right there. That's all we ever see him. Back to the I, drive to, I drive to soccer practice and, and uh, flag football practice. Anyway, um, it was planned a long time ago. I took it out of my house. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I... I don't understand why it wasn't announced till today because most teams, like when the Giants did this thing for Eli, same thing, they announced it like I think during the summer and you kind of let, let people buy tickets, you let people come into town, you like, kind of let momentum build. Um, you know, I think the business side made the decision to release this today. I don't know why, um, but I do know it was played a long time ago. It's also long overdue. Like, you know, this I'm surprised it has not happened. That's honestly, like that was my thought. I saw it today. I'm like, they hadn't retired his number yet. It's kind of odd. Go ahead, AJ. So what do you think happens with this whole Raiders situation? Like, do these 650,000 emails, do they come out? Do they leak out what they want? Like, the NFL technically doesn't have to put them out, do they? Uh, that's not a Raiders situation. It's Bruce Allen situation. We should. My bad. Right. Yeah, my yeah. bad. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I know what you meant, though. So I I have some doubts on whether we'll ever see anything, any of it. Because almost always when someone gets their hands on sort of classified information – you know, it only comes out when it's when someone wants it to. I don't know why the John Gruden emails came out. I really don't. And I don't know who leaked it or how if it was even leaked. I mean, it could have been also the reporters just simply doing great work and uncovering it. But I do know they were very bad and it probably served the public good for those emails coming out. Mm. And if you have feelings like that, as John Gruden clearly did, I mean, those were his personal emails. Yes, but personal feelings also. Yes shouldn't be leading a team. You shouldn't be leading an organization. You shouldn't be in the standing up in front of a locker room and talking to the very players that you denigrate. So it probably served the public that they got out. I just, I feel like... How about the Schefter one then? How about the Schefter one? You think that's reporting as well? Or are they picking and choosing? Like, that's the interesting thing because it's the NFL's investigation. How are they going to pick and choose what comes out? You know, like that is is a fascinating situation. I just don't know if that was part of other damning email so it just was like sort of collateral astray as they say but i I don't know i mean i i assume if there was something worse that we needed to know on the washington football team maybe this is naive but i assume if if we needed to know if it would help the public if it was important it would already be out yeah a lot of people say that'd be incredible naive i mean but what do we he works at the NFL now, where you, I mean, he's yeah. had nothing but great yeah, relationships. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, <laughs> what, do you, what would you want? What would you want Ian Rappaport to say there? I uh, just before the boys have a question and we get into the night, we can't thank you enough for joining us. We'll wrap this up because I assume you got news to break immediately after this call ends. T.Y. Hilton, uh, he is speaking candidly. Says Zach Kiefer of the Athletic, he said he almost hung it up. He can't even lie. During this injury break and after the free agency, the offseason, getting a one-year deal, hurting his back, I believe. But he said leaning on Andrew Luck the past few months and also the Colts being off to a one-in-four start, he said he feels obligated to come back and he feels better than ever or something like that along those lines. Uh, I, I saw that he was talking to Andrew Luck. I was like, oh, God, 
That's don't talk to Andrew Luck. Like it's Whoa. Uh, whoa, they're best. Well, I'm just saying, like, he retired. You don't want him to be like, hey, come on, like, this is great. Like, nice. if you're you T.Y. Know? Hilton and you're looking for a friend to talk to, of course, no, no, Ian had to wrong with you. Hey, hey, dude. You want to retire, don't do it. Don't fight, don't talk to anybody. You know, yeah, you're crazy, well, man. Here, here's what here's what I will say, though. Like, crazy, man. No one will ever, and even me, like, I've never been injured like that. No one will ever understand how horrible it is to be injured. And have you you did you miss time pad with injury? Ah, uh, no, no. Okay, AJ, I'm sure you did at some point, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, barely one game. Oh <laughs> wow, that's pretty. Wow, I could have broken. Bro, he tore his bicep, his groin. He broke every finger on his hand, his pec, his shin, and his foot. <laughs> and upper body. You can play with anything upper body. Yeah, the one thing that took me down for a game was yeah, pop cap. Jeez. Oh, Figure it oh, out. He can play with sounds... anything upper body. <laughs> His kids have fucking no hope, dude. No. That's amazing. You should make a poster of that. You heard? Um, no. No. It's fucking upper body, dude. Get your ass out. <laughs> Put your helmet back on. <laughs> your dad didn't miss a game. But yeah, it's it see I didn't know that was ever a thing because TY is like the most joyful, upbeat, loves football. But once you have one of those injuries and it's you've already made enough money and you probably experience his family, he loves his family, his kids are growing up. You maybe have those thoughts. I'm excited he's back. Um happy to hear that. Go ahead, Ty. Ian, have you heard anything about the injury status of the Packers? Are they going to be missing three offensive linemen again on Sunday? And is, uh, is uh, Akeem Hicks going to be playing for the Bears? What have you heard coming out of that game? Uh, all right, so the Akeem Hicks, I, I don't know that one. I think that – I know. Sorry, he's a good player, but I don't know that one. Um, I would say the Packers probably get two back. Um, I th- And I think, Jen- I think Jenkins hopefully comes back because I – I was originally told it was going to be a one-week injury. Then, obviously, it's been a little longer, but he was at practice yesterday, uh, at practice today, I believe. So, you know, I think he's coming along well and hopefully will be okay because he's very good and they would need him. And then, you know, what's crazy is Bakhtiari probably comes back, hopefully, week seven. And wow. Here we go. Here we that go. Guy will, that guy will also help. I think so, too. Anything tonight we need to keep an eye on? Uh, maybe for our bets or anything? Everybody up? Everybody in? How's Sirianni feeling? What was the speech? Um, I would say everyone. it seems like everyone's playing. I think Brady's hand is going to be not – you know, it, it's a thumb. It's a throwing thumb. So oh, I think it's, it's yeah, not yeah. nothing, but I would doubt years. that you're going to notice it. Like, he's not going to be throwing, like, ducks out there. Like, I think he'll be fine. Um I don't know. I would say, to me, it looks like and the Bucks are rolling, and you know Gronk's not playing, but um, Cameron Bray touchdown anytime scorer. Boom. Think, think they're gonna think they're gonna run the ball a lot. Does that help? Leonard Fournette anytime yeah. touchdown scorer. What? Anything else? Mm, no. That's All right. I we appreciate you, man. Uh, good luck. Don't have any uh, presidents of any teams be Mister Editor nicknamed in your phone or anything like that. And good luck breaking the news. We appreciate the hell out of you, pal. All right, guys. Always enjoy it. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. This now is a man who's been living that bidet life for a long time. A long-time NFL coach, legend of a man, Paisan out of Idaho, host of the Coaches Up Chuck segment normally on Wednesdays. Today, to chit-chat about the legacy of a man who's getting his number retired at the Washington football team this weekend. Allegedly, maybe. We aren't 100% sure. Chuck, put go on. Yeah! Chuck! 
Wow, you look oh, good. Wow. The you, huh? The you. Hey, you had great times down there at the U. I, I don't think that gets talked about enough. You were back there when the U was the U, too, right? Yeah, so um, went back there in 1995 with, with Butch Davis. I was there for a year in 86 with Jimmy Johnson. That's where I met all those guys. And then went back in 95, and we left uh, after the 2000 season. Butch got the Cleveland Browns job uh, 2001. But, uh, yeah, some amazing, amazing uh, teams and players. And, I mean, that year, uh, the 2000, you're talking about Sean Taylor, that that 2004 draft, six first-rounders tied an all-time record that year in the NFL draft, six. And that's in the first 21 picks, Pat. Unbelievable. We had – we. this is how bright we were. We – you know, Butch gets a Cleveland job. I decided to go to Cleveland. You know, I could have stayed on with Larry Coker and, and uh, you know, they didn't lose a game for two years, won the national <laughs> championship. <laughs> they beat they beat uh, Nebraska, I think, in the Rose Bowl uh, that, that, that uh, following year. And then they won every game and then lost to um, – the Ohio State, you know, in the in the national championship, you know, phantom flag, you know, this PI out of nowhere, <laughs> and Ohio State ends up winning that game. But uh, the rest of the I mean, they won. I mean, they beat oh, yeah. the hell out of everybody. But anyway, um, some great, great memories, some great times, some great players, obviously, and and Sean being one of those guys. Uh, let's talk about, uh, by the way, I think AJ would have a differing opinion on that Phantom P.I. because he uh, is introduced as college football national champion every time he comes on here because of that game. So we don't have to dive into that. Ohio State getting rule, or, or getting calls, though. Never would have guessed. Yeah, uh, interesting. Never would have guessed. Oh, um, uh, it's like they say, O.H., and all the refs go back. I owe you a bunch of calls. That's what it seems like whenever I'm watching it. I know, big deal, especially when A.J. Hawk is there. And that is not real. That is just strictly for a funny moment in the show. Please do not kill me, Colt, in Ohio. I, I, <laughs> I do not mean that. Anyways, uh, Chuck, let's talk about Sean Taylor. Now, long overdue, obviously, with his number getting retired this weekend. The rollout has been clunky. I think Jason Wright is going to address that. But when you go into retiring a number, there's a lot that has to happen behind the scenes with families and testimonials and videos. We assume, and we were told by Rappaport, and AJ thought this, this was planned long ago. Jason Wright wants to create a new chapter of people that have you know, committed a lot to organization. We should show them some love. Your thoughts on Sean Taylor as a whole, him getting retired, and what this means um, going forward. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I agree with, with AJ on this one. And um, you got to plan well uh, in advance on these things for all the reasons that were already mentioned and talked about. But I think long overdue, uh, just like you said, Sean was an amazing, amazing player, person, talent. I remember, um, you know, recruiting. I didn't recruit him personally, but when we were recruiting him, he was at Gulliver Prep his senior year down in Miami. The guy rushed, rushed for, I think, one million yards <laughs> and, 40 and 44 touchdowns, an absolute beast. Um, 6'2", 215 pounds, sub 4'4", just a freak athlete and uh, a man amongst boys, uh, so to say. And, um, you know, Miami was lucky enough to get him. Uh, played safety there, obviously, and, and the rest is history. But, uh, you know, career obviously cut way too short way too short tragic uh ending to his life but uh phenomenal phenomenal football player and and 
like AJ said and everybody else, I mean, this guy would knock the living shit out of you. <laughs> I mean, you talk about somebody that didn't give a crap. You know, when you go to the Pro Bowl and you hit a punter like uh, he hit, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, hey, we're like, you know, thank God it wasn't you, Pat. Uh, but, thank you God. Know, <laughs> it wouldn't have looked that bad. But, I True, mean, when they, you. you know, when you go over the Pro Bowl, yeah, it's like, okay, probably. we got an agreement. This is two hand touch, you know. Um, yeah. We're not hitting each other. We're going to drag each other down. This is about having fun. Uh, walkthroughs, no practice, no meetings, a lot of drinks during the night, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get, and, and Sean Taylor was like, obviously, I ain't signing up for that shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling me as a winning team, I'm going to get, you know, 50,000 and a losing team gets 25. There's no way I'm signing up for that shit. Oh, that's awesome. But anyway, what a great, great player. Chuck, hey, how early on in your time at Miami did you look around and realize, like, wow, I'm around just some unbelievable talent. And also, like, the depth of talent you had, too, was crazy. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I was in the working in the secondary at the time, coaching D-backs and, and special teams. And, shoot, we had um, Ed Reed, the late Al Blades, Benny Braid's uh, son, and, his, and Al's son is playing down there right now. Mike Rumpf and Philip Buchanan, you know, all first round draft picks, uh, trap picks, excuse me, other than, than, than Al, but it was, it was phenomenal. And, um, you know, Schnellenberger started it way back in the day about recruiting the state of Miami and we didn't lose players and we didn't go mess with, um, you know, Tampa was as far North as we went, you know, cause you know, Florida state and Florida at the time were, were all three schools were rolling. Um, but it, it was just sick. I mean, you think about, 2004 in that draft and um you know when we ended up with winslow and that's another story if we have time for it on that on draft day absolutely and, and maybe you know uh you know we end up with winslow but you know jonathan bilma you know dj williams both went uh in the first round vernon Carey, vince wolford you know those were the sick along with sean those were the six dudes and you know there was probably another 20, 30 guys off those two teams that, that got opportunities to play in the National Football League. And and you always hear about the U and the brotherhood uh, and those guys sticking together and staying close and guys coming back. I mean, it was it was absolutely crazy. And we've all seen the 30 for 30. And, you, you don't know, want to first... stop us from scoring. Uh, yeah, exactly. That, that place was awesome. Pump Swag. That, pump that ball. Oh, absolutely. And I remember – you know, during the draft, you know how we you, you get on the phone and you got the player on the phone and you can see him at home if he's not at the draft in the green room and he's got, you know, the family there, the aunts, uncles, girlfriend, you know, mom, dad, um, dog, cat, you know, everybody, everybody's there, you know, and uh, we've seen all those things. So I'm on the I'm on the phone because we, we're, we're picking six in a draft and the Giants were picking number four. And Washington was at number five. And so we're obviously doing everything that we possibly can to see if we can work out something with the Giants and move up, uh, you know, to get Sean. And so I'm on the phone like like we're talking right now, uh, you know, uh, and I'm on the phone. Sean's in the picture. I'm watching the TV. I'm talking to Sean. Sean's sitting around with his whole family, and we're talking on the phone. And, boy, this is going to be unbelievable. 
meanwhile, you know, our upper brass, Butch, uh, general manager, they're all talking on the phone with the Giants, and we think we got a deal done, right? And all of a sudden, I'm like, I can't wait to get you up here. I, I missed out on an opportunity to coach you back at the U, you know, when I left for Cleveland, but we're going to have another run at it, and blah, 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 blah. We're going on and on and on. And so all of a sudden, I'm talking, and Sean – John is on the phone. He looks to the side and he looks back and he just hangs up. And I'm like, what, what the hell just happened, Sean? <laughs> John, are you there? And so I hang up. He goes, I go, Butch is like, what happened? He said he hung up and then across the room, he said, no deal with the Giants. Apparently they just worked out a deal to flip with Philip Rivers, right, and work that whole deal and get Eli Manning. All right, and then we got on the phone with Washington, and Vinny Serrato was the GM at Washington at the time, and he's like, no, sir, no, thank you. Um, we didn't have enough draft capital. We're not taking anything. We're going. We're taking Sean Taylor. So that was that. We ended up picking uh, Winslow number six overall, and the rest is history. Man, that would have obviously changed the course of a lot of places, I'd assume, because he was a game-changer, game-wrecker, and not that Kellen didn't have a great run in the NFL <laughs> Hey, he's a soldier, man. That's oh, right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Cleveland, what a place, man. That is uh, incredible insight. We can't thank you enough for joining us in Chit Chat. What do you do? You just get off the golf course? No, it's 35 degrees here today. I thought, <laughs> well, maybe 45. It's supposed to warm up a little bit later. So I'm I, I'm pretty picky when it comes to golf, Pat. If it's, you know, 80, 85 and, and like no humidity, dry heat, I'm good. But that cold weather stuff. I have a hard time when it's 80 and beautiful. <laughs> uh, we can't thank you enough. Tell Tina we said hello. Thank you for the insight. You're the best. Ladies and gentlemen, head coach Chuck Pagano. Thank you, Chuck. This week, Arby's has an important PSA for everybody to hear. Even you guys in Columbus, Ohio, AJ. Oh, he's muted. Uh, People are lying out here. They are climbing around when it comes i'm not good continue i'm sorry Jesus. why are you muted you think i don't know you talked to zeke right or, or nick Eddie. yeah it's nick. this guy well, no wonder you're muted dude why'd you oh, because of what he just said sick of his shit yeah all right <laughs> hey you do what you got to do but back to the psa that does matter yeah. yeah even you stooges in columbus ohio need to hear this hmm. people are lying out here they're clowning around when it comes to rib sandwiches oh at Arby's, you don't have to worry about getting a restructured patty into the shape of a rib. Okay. No. At Arby's, you feast on their new, real, country-style rib sandwich. Oh, Smoked yeah. low and slow for at least eight hours. Smoked over real hickory wood at a smokehouse in East Texas. Whoa, Whoa. Texas? Yeah, down there in East Texas. Okay. They're smoked. Low and slow yeah. for at least eight hours down there in a smokehouse in East Texas. Let's go. The real country-style rib sandwich is whole muscle meat, and it is absolutely delicious. Hold yourself to a higher standard and go get yours today. Tweet us a picture of you eating yours or you with yours with the hashtag PMS Pork Rib, and you can win. Maybe some Arby's gift cards. What? Maybe some Arby's meat suits. What? Maybe oh. some Arby's happiness. What? You get it. Hashtag PMS pork ribs. And whenever our pork rib, whenever we say this, we mean this. We tried it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yes. I posted on my Instagram story without knowing that Instagram was done. It ended up actually getting posted four or five hours later. And I had a bunch of people saying, what is that? That looks delicious. What is it? I'm like, no. 
This is not just looking delicious. It tasted fantastic. Oh, Arby's gets a lot of heat by people that never ate at Arby's, I don't think. Yeah. And maybe sometimes some of their sandwiches have looked like shit in a photo or something like that. You're going to deal with that in a sandwich game. But these country-style pork rib sandwiches, oh, unfucking believable You okay. shouldn't be able to get slow-cooked ribs from a, a oh, place like Arby's no. that's that good. You shouldn't be able to do it. Here we are. A lot of people asking, like, did the Arby's country-style rib sandwich make you... Blow the bottom out of a toilet. Nope. It did not. No, 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 it didn't. It did not. It tasted fantastic. Yeah, go get yours today. I believe this was an answer to a potential other company having a you know a rib type sandwich. Yeah, and then Arby's. We have the meats, the actual meats, forty five different types of meats or whatever the number is, and we have sandwiches. We want to make an actual one. Let's get down to East Texas and, and sample out all these ribs. They right. did yeah. Good. Hell yeah, they did good. They did good. They did good. Actually, did you get one yesterday? They sent some to the office. Did you get one? Uh, no, they didn't send them to my office, so no. I'll, I will, I'll go out and get it myself. I like to pay for it. You know, I don't need it free. That's very nice of you. I mean, we definitely had to pay for it, and we only door dashed it. It did show up at the house. They did not send it. I guess technically an Arby's at some point did send it, but we did try it. Yeah, uh-huh. delicious. It was very good. The mayo, really. Oh, yeah. Brought it home. Oh, those crispy onion strings on oh. top. Slathered in BBQ sauce. Oh. What? What? I need another. <laughs> Mentioned, ladies and gentlemen, college football champion, Super Bowl champion, and now Ryder Cup champion can be added to his resume. Ohio State Buckeye legend, Columbus hero, dad of 10. <laughs> I'm here. Strongest. AJ Hawk. Yeah! Usually you're stolen if someone's not ready. I was ready. I, I could hear you. I do appreciate the heads up. And normally it would just be Zito going, ha. Ah. He gave me one of these one time. I think Zito. <laughs> Zito gave me one of these and Foxy gave me one of these, which I didn't know exactly what that meant. But I think it was like kind of uh, coming in and out. And Zito was handling something. And it's a wild scene back there. They're incredibly professional, as are you. Thank you for joining us. The reason why I was doing that is because I said hour two with AJ Hawk before the thing. So I was trying to separate your name from it becoming too redundant. I kind of fucked up there. So. So that's what I was trying to do, and I was going to bring forth more facts about you that maybe we hadn't talked about. Like, for instance, this man's face is the most powerful face in the history of faces. That's right. Now, yeah. If he was to be a fighter, he would use his face to beat up other people's hands, and then he would win fights. He played how many years in the NFL? Uh, Eleven. Eleven years in the NFL, used his head and face as a weapon on every single tackle, (laughs) has zero documented concussions, and we know the history of the NFL and using your head and concussions. Think about that. We are uh, talking to a modern miracle, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Home plate face, AJ Hawk. Good, the home plate. The home plate. I haven't heard in a while. Shovel for a while. What What made you do that today and try to highlight? My uh, my skull. Well, what I was saying was that's what I was going to do before you gave the I'm here, I'm here, I'm here thing is I was going to try to separate your name because I fucked it up early with another. You know what I mean? Because I just thought oh, I just said this guy's name. I have to get us away from it a little bit so then I can bring it back. That's on me. I apologize. But all those things are true and should be talked about more often, especially when Connor says very, very rude things to you. No, that's not true. I don't say anything rude. Say anything that is valid like for instance the toxicity he's been bringing my own mother said hey tell that aj hawk guy to shut the hell up okay wow what's that all about swear to god the toxic cable's mom is saying like is aj okay what's the deal over there that's real is everything all right 
I don't know. I mean, tell her that uh, if she needs me to back off, I can. But then I guess my mom, I'm sure, will reach out to me and say, hey, will you please ask Connor to treat you nicer? This is so rude what he's doing to you. Uh, oh, except, shit! except that's false. What, what I said actually happened. We were talking about self-love, and you were talking about Big Ben bopping himself. It's a sports show, football show. Always trying to bring it back to football. You know that. Sorry, guys. I'm a pro. Bullshit. Say sorry to his boss. Yes. Now. Hey, sorry, Mrs. Boston Connor. I'm a fucking pro, dude. Yeah, I appreciate and respect that. Honestly, I do. Um, hey, also, real quick, before you get off that, uh, Connor is not the most lethal. I was pointing out to me from people on the internet when Diggs said, I hope you blow up when I was speaking about the gas situation yesterday. So, Diggs, I appreciate it. That was a good, funny line. Okay, well, I'm happy we're keeping score. That is, that is, yeah, I don't remember he, saying that. He also confused Chris Angel for David Blaine yesterday in a yep. pretty disrespectful fashion Jeez. of magic. I mean, Diggs had one yesterday. Diggs, Diggs hit for the full cycle yesterday. Uh-huh. Right? Hey, hey, oh boy, Tom. Hey, let's go, Tony. Baseball. I did not hear him saying and wishing upon you a blow-up experience at the gas station, but have you had any blowback by anybody in your life telling you that you're a stooge for doing what you do when you leave your car on and actually promote against people turning their car off at gas stations while fueling up gas? Has anybody said to you, like, hey... Well, I get that you do it, but maybe this isn't something you should promote. I was always the understand uh, under the understanding. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 The way I understood it, there you go. There it is. is that if you leave your car on and you that things won't blow up. Yeah. What? What have you seen things or heard things that are va- vastly different? Has anybody joined your side in this thing since yesterday you made this announcement and proclamation? Well, first of all, like. My two eyes that I have, I've never watched anybody blow up at the gas station. I've seen videos online. Yes, true. I have not had any situations where I came close to blowing up my car or myself. And believe me, I have spilled a lot of gas trying to fill five-gallon <laughs> containers for my motor. So, and my car is always running. So, no, and I am not promoting this for anybody else. I don't want anyone else to do this. I want you to do whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you feel you should do. So I'm not promoting anything of what I say. You know, how come... You know, like, oh. so when you put that thing in, right, and then you latch that thing, okay, you know you can unlatch that thing. You just got to do, like, the little under thing, and then when you move it to something, you can tap that, you know, and then move it to your little your little five-gallon tank, you know, and then guess what? Maybe hold it that time. Don't lock it in, and then you can shake that, too, and then you can open it, and then guess what you can do? This other, you can go to this other one, and you can do that however many fucking things you want, by the mm-hmm. way. I, are you just... Pull it straight out of the gas tank. Yeah. How? What is? How no, are you like, spilling okay. gas you, all like, over the place? What is your problem at gas stations? You have to have station? a lot of patience, and you have to. I need good lighting because when you're filling a five-gallon container, sometimes yeah, you can Fall look asleep. at the, the gauge and say, "Oh, it's almost five. A lot of times, you know, you you, you kind of ease the old deal out of the uh, the five-gallon container, and sometimes you come about an inch too far, and guess what? You're spraying gas on my whole place, <laughs> and that's happened a few times. In fairness, it's tough to pump gasoline with lobster fingers. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem, because right where that latches is probably where he's... That's probably... So his finger is actually... Working against Your pinky is... And you know, Pat, you told me I have to worry about razor blades and human poop smeared under there, so I got a lot going on that I'm fighting through, and I still have found a way. Well, you told me about the human... And poop. I told you about the razor blades, but I'm happy we have that conversation. Doesn't the gas stop though once it hits the gas, like the nozzle? Yeah, the, anytime there's any pressure yeah. back, I believe it uh-huh. turns off automatically. Uh, one time I put the clamp on there and I yeah. let it go, and it did not stop. That happened to me it once poured too. all over the gas. What year was that? What year was that? We're not not anywhere near 2021. No, yeah, that happened to me. Where over here at this place? No, no, no. no. 
It was an Ohio gas change. station. If it was going to happen oh, anywhere, it would be over here. Well, or Ohio. Yeah, yeah. true. Hi, that makes a lot more sense now. I apologize. I didn't know you guys had to. You know, in New Jersey, they still have that rule you can't pump your own gas. Yeah. Yep, it's so. awesome. Hilarious. Wait, Diggs why? loves it. Exactly. You can't you just pull up and then somebody comes and yeah. then you pay them and they do the whole thing for Old you. Old school, yeah. Yeah, I think you have to turn your car off. It is legal. They can't yeah, yeah, turn yeah. your car I off. I have to. Yeah. Well, they arrest you. You said you wouldn't? It's a good thing I don't live in Jersey. I mean, I wouldn't want to have to do that. But if they're pumping my gas, yeah, I would do it out of courtesy for that person. That's very nice of you. Why would you turn it off out of courtesy? Just in case it blows up in their fucking face? <laughs> no, I know it wouldn't blow up ever. It wouldn't have a chance of blowing up. The year is 2021. It's not 1907 and we're cranking our cars. So we don't have any issues. <laughs> what? <laughs> You're the best. Fucking T-Mobile. No. You are the best human. It's a good artist. football show, huh? <laughs> well, you're the all-time leading tackler for the Packers, yeah. so I oh, mean, yeah. it's, 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 we are having a conversation with a football guy, Super Bowl champion. Yeah. True. Yeah. I had a lot of support, by the way. Had a lot of support for people on my side. A lot of farmers, were. different people. Oh, oh I, I refueled helicopters when I was in the military midair. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of guys okay. comparing themselves to NASCAR drivers. They do it in NASCAR. Why can't I do it? You're not a NASCAR driver, dude. You drive a Toyota. Yeah, well, Toyota is in NASCAR. Yeah. It's much different than the camera you see, but he Dodge also drives right. like a NASCAR driver too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like a freak. He, do you guys just, do you grow up on go-karts over there? So you guys all think you're going to be in the fucking Daytona 500 driving two oh. feet, fucking pit stop, keep the car on? What is the deal in Ohio? And by the way, you saying a lot of support. What was that like five people tweeted you and you just muted? Just like when someone says like, oh, you, oh, the whole world's out to get this person. Really? Or is it 12 people on Twitter? That's wow, that's a deeper conversation. And Bill Burr actually addressed that one mm -hmm. time on, uh, I forget what show. Maybe it was with Bill Maher. It's an old clip. Seems to be in like 420 or something like that. So it's, I don't mm -hmm. know. Real sports? No, it was, with, it was with Bill Maher. Real time. With Bill Maher. Oh. Hey, same network, though. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you're, you're same network. He's, they asked him about being canceled because he was canceled for something, and he said, where? And they said, like, on the internet, he said, well, if you don't go on, you don't hear it. And that's, <laughs> that's oh, a yeah. very funny thing to think about whenever you say, like, was it actually – like, for instance, whenever you're – and this will tie it back to football. So, like, some coverage, I think, of the game and of sports change because, like, 150 people will tweet something, and whenever you're scrolling through 150 people – that can feel like a lot. I mean, that could be a lot of scrolls. That can be huge. But then whenever you see that the audience is like, oh, okay, it's 20 million or 17 million or something. It's a very, you know what I mean? You can really, you can shape your thoughts, I think, but it shouldn't completely change your direction. You should take it, but I don't know. And if it's of everybody in there, it's just the sample size potentially too small, which leads us to say, who, who'd they get the information from? Yep. Mm -hmm. Who does it benefit? And where are we headed? And that's the Schefter story in a nutshell. Another thing coming out of the Washington <laughs> football team, A.J. Hawk, uh, following, obviously, the Bruce Allen email investigation that happened while he was running it. It's obviously a new team now, same owner, new entire operation in the organization, headed by Jason Wright and Ron Rivera and everybody over there. And I think uh, the Mrs. Uh, owner, she's actually becoming more yeah. of a uh, mouthpiece for the Snyders and the owners and everything like that. Just today. She was forced to. That was he was forced to step away, and she was forced to run day to day operations. Was that public, or you think that happened behind no, the scenes? It's absolutely public that it's part of it. Yeah, she was. She is in there day to day, running day to day operations. He supposedly had to take a step back. I don't know how long. 
I'm sure he's still heavily involved. Yeah, there was like three exposés that came out immediately, pretty quickly, where we learned a lot about that building. A lot of change happened, full turnover. Now there's even more lingering effects with the 650,000 email investigation that happened in that building. A lot of bad stuff, obviously, Gruden, Schefter. There's calls now for every email to be released because who knows what's in there. I don't think the NFL is going to do that. How's the NFL going to pick and choose who? That's a fascinating situation in and of itself. And today, the Washington, our Washington football team announced that they will be retiring Sean Taylor's number this Sunday. Uh, there will never be another 21. On Sunday, we will officially retire Sean Taylor's number, Washington football team. And I think the internet, rightfully so, said that's fascinating that in the middle of the fire burning around you, it's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine. Everything terrible is being said about the workplace environment. We've learned so much. All hell is breaking loose over there. The team just lost the game to the Saints. I, it's convenient that the most beloved player, maybe one of the most beloved players in the history of the league at this point who was wrongly killed at his own house and was an absolute superstar on a trajectory to be a, a, a Hall of Famer and be a GOAT in, in a conversation folklore and play great football for a long time, who's beloved. Uh, we're going to retire his number this weekend, actually. Long overdue, probably. Uh, and it's not getting any prep or promotion leading up to it. Jim Irsay will announce months in advance Robert Mathis is going in, brother, in November, October. Peyton's doing this. Other teams have done that type of thing. I think with how the world is for that team and them announcing this on a risk-free same-game parlay, Thursday night football Thursday, the game's on Sunday, I don't know if this is necessarily the best decision, but I think the outcome of this guy getting his number retired is incredible. So it's kind of a mixed reaction, I think, by everybody on the Internet. Well, I think it's well-deserved. Sean Taylor, we can all agree. Unbelievable. Absolute monster. Highly respected by all. Anyone that ever played with him, played against him, his coaches, teammates, just seems like, yeah. I, I, it's fun to go back and watch clips of Sean Taylor and watch him absolutely annihilate people. Yeah. Like, I know there's a big Pro Bowl, hit the punter, that whole situation. Yeah, but just watch his game that. highlights. That guy... Not only is he getting picks and getting to the house, but he is knocking people's skulls off. It's fun to watch. He was like a Bob Sanders meets like... He's big, tall, like taller than Bob, though, and just yeah. a headhunter. I love that. And he's... How do you feel about them retiring his number? Obviously good. Do you think like this deserves a little bit more celebration? Like, yeah. I, like, in but my this eyes, had to be planned in advance. This has to have been planned in the offseason because I'm sure his family's going to be there. All these people have to be there. The question is, should they have canceled it and pushed it back? Which, no, you don't want to do that. You want to get him in. But I don't think they, they didn't just throw this together two days ago. Okay, so that's your thought. Your thought is that this is just a there's too much involved in all that to retire. Like there's too much involved to do it week of. Well, and I think that's what the entire internet's saying is like, hey, this is a lot to happen, and you guys are announcing this on a Thursday or a Wednesday night, whenever. I don't, did they do it last night or this morning? I think it was this morning, this morning. This morning. to announce yeah. that on a, so weird so weird that's what I'm saying because like families and I would assume that they're going to get a lot of videos and all these speakers and if they would announce it a couple weeks ago that it was going to happen and then all this shit takes place I think a lot of people go okay are we delaying it until a better time is there a better time should we potentially celebrate something that great came from this organization because all we're hearing about is absolutely terrible if you're the organization I think just the rollout of the announcement is you know pretty and maybe they just thought we'll drop us out of nowhere. It'll be a cool thing, and they planned it for a long time. I, I, I'm not. They're gonna. They're gonna probably have to answer questions to that. If I had to guess, I'm sure DC uh, reporters of the Washington Football Team won't yeah. ask those questions. I'm, I'm assuming that won't happen. But there's a lot that goes into a. 
I mean, a ceremony, everything. That has to be, unless they're just putting it together right now to say we fucking like unveiling, up. they got to get everything that they're going to put in the stadium. Where they, aren't they going to have number 21 and probably his name up in the stadium? Like, that's the whole process, all of it. All of it. What's up, Ty? Well, I was just going to say that, I mean, that that is one way to look at it. But then I think, I can't remember, it was on Twitter this morning. I can't remember if it was Rap Sheet or someone said that, like, no one has worn 21 in, like, four to five years. So it's kind of, like, de facto retired already. So it is surprising that, you know, like they, they basically could have picked to do it whenever they wanted to, and it ends up being this weekend. Yeah, who, who are they playing this weekend? Could just be bad luck. Football could team? be. Yeah. Chiefs, I believe. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Why would you do it on Chiefs Day? Why, yeah. Hey, you schedule homecomings for a reason. Yes. <laughs> you yeah. schedule celebrations for a, a reason. Hey, let's, let's have a joyous occasion. One of our greatest of all time is getting retired, and his family's here, and also, Patrick Mahomes is coming to town with Travis Kelsey, and coming off a maybe tough that's ball. why. Maybe they're trying to make it like a, like hey, that not only is one of the greatest players of all time who passed away far too soon. Also, Patrick Mahomes is coming to town. I mean, come on in. Just, they wanted to make sure the stadium's full, so they wanted to play one of the best teams like with a lot of star power. Well, especially, especially if you plan on promoting it for two days. Yeah, you yeah. know that's that's the most. That's very intriguing. Like, yeah, why? Why wouldn't you? I mean, I guess in the heart of all of this stuff with Gruden and Bruce Allen, you're not going to drop it right then. Are they just waiting? They thought they waited enough days. Like, well, okay, it's calm down. Hey, and don't think that the Schefter shit doesn't make the Washington football organization look necessarily great as well. Now, obviously, the Gruden thing is that's crossed into the real world in a big way. I mean, that is massive. But the, the Schefter situation, I think, around – and now, granted, it might be the entire league operates that way, but I think a lot of people around the league are wondering, like, okay, so Washington was able to allegedly be able to tweak some things. Is our they can team- say Bruce Allen, though. Don't, can't Washington claim, like, hey, he's not here anymore? Yeah, and it's not even the same name, I think, is because they, they, they're trying to create an entire new chapter, I think, you know? And maybe that's why they're doing it. Like, hey, that last chapter wouldn't retire this number. We are trying to turn this thing over as best as we possibly can. Whole new staff working in the front office, in the building, in every department, basically, it's brand new. Maybe that's what they're trying to do to prove that they're a new chapter, a new team. I, I'm not 100% sure. Well, and that's why if they were going to do something to kind of like move the spotlight away from all that shit, it should have been like announcing the new team name, what they're going to be doing moving forward instead of like throwing together what seems to be a last second, oh, we're going to retire Sean Taylor's number instead. By the way, what if that's what Jason Wright says when they ask him. What if Jason Wright goes, you guys know that I have just a team name sitting in my back pocket. If I really really wanted to just drop this out of nowhere as strictly a PR move because all hell seems to be breaking loose, I could just, boom, here's our new name. We don't even want to be associated with that anymore. Let's move on or whatever. So I guess you're 100% right. That is something he could do. Although this is a monumental thing I think amongst their fans and most NFL fans as well it's not as big as the team name obviously but this is I mean it's huge massive it's it's absolutely huge team name is a rebrand and a whole you could literally separate yourself from what was potentially putting you through the absolute fire but retiring I think it's a good move I think we're all just very confused on how it's working out well to your point with Ursay, like the we knew when Peyton was getting his number retired. Like, I feel like that, that is like a drive for some fans to go to the game. Like, and I feel like that happens with most teams. Like, if a big name is getting retired, like, you know that months in advance, like a long time. Like, they do make a big deal about it. So, for them to just do it three days before the day of the game, like, it makes no sense. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe it's because 
maybe they so focus on the internet. The internet is a place where if you give something three days promotion, that's huge. I mean, that is massive. If you do something two weeks in advance, you might as well, that didn't happen. Like that's, that's two different events, basically. That's two years ago, almost, if you do that. So that would make sense if it was something like a show or an internet thing or something like that. But for this, I feel like this is a spectacular, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I would, I would imagine this, we could ask Rappaport, but I would imagine this was nailed down, like the date was nailed down back in the summer at some point. Okay, this is the game. This is when we're going to do this. You would hope so. You would hope, literally you would hope so. And I assume that Jason Wright and everybody over there who has seemingly made all the right steps in the midst of, I mean, they're, poop water was raining on their fans yeah not so long ago like the first week you know he had to deal with that i mean there's a lot that they've had to do and i feel like they are on so this just seems out of step with what has been happening over there and like to aj's point if they were planning this a while ago wouldn't they probably want this to be known for a while just because then the price of the tickets would have been more and they could make more money what if it comes out as old danny snyder's idea like hey oh i'm sure it was we need something by the way like it's going to come out 10 years from now. Oh, you remember that Sean Taylor thing that everybody mocked us for and said, hey, this would just put like a, uh, we'll put some lipstick on, on the whole situation here and try to cover it up. Yeah, it was actually that guy's idea. Yeah. Dan Snyder's a big poop, poop water on you guy and call it rain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't piss down my back and call it rain. <laughs> no. Who pisses down yeah. somebody's back? No, don't piss down my leg and tell me it's raining. Rich Rod, yep. one of his best. Oh. One of Rich. Don't piss down my leg and tell me it's raining. <laughs> I will. I w- I won't, but I did try to make that kick. <laughs> uh, you know, that is, that guy's the best. Uh, other things happening. Richie football. You know, uh, old football rich. Oh, uh, Bisaccia. You know, the interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. Is that how you say it? How do you say his last name? Bisaccia. Bisaccia. Okay. What is this all about with your Italian hate? You no, stink, I'm, I'm dude. Genuinely, I need to know because I see it spelled out. It doesn't in my brain. I don't. It doesn't compute that way. It's a couple days in a row now, Hawk. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. And okay. He, now it does. He said. Oh. Remember the other day you said uh, two Chuck Pagano super pies on. You said this pies on. Pies on. I was not confident in it because I don't think I've ever used that word before. Pies on or bisaccia. Paisan. I think that was the first time in my life I've ever used it, so I was not confident oh, in my delivery. Oh, so tell. we should we should have celebrated it as opposed to being like, hey, it sounds like you're taking quite a shot at a lot of people in this conversation. No, right it was now. the other way, actually. I was worried I was taking a shot, so I uh, just kind of whispered it like a little baby. Oh, okay. So you, you didn't mean to potentially offend all Paisans, like this particular Paisan. You didn't mean that. You just said, I don't know if I'm allowed to even say this word. Is that what it was, kind of halfway yeah, through Yeah, that's there? basically that's what happened in real time, yeah. Never had any Italian friends, it seems. Yeah, well, there's no Italians in Ohio. I have plenty of Italian friends. I don't sit here and, and every time I see my Italian friends, I have to do all these old, like these cliche Italian things. We don't cliche. do that. You, so you have no you Italian friends. Oh. 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 I have more respect for that. Let's get some rigatoni. How's your mother? Come your mother? Did they ask hey. how your mother? Paisan. Uh, that, that's a, that came from a Cuban fellow yeah. back there. Uh, that's good. We're go. Huh? Hell yeah. Hey, how's your family? Hey, Zito, do people really know your name? What do you mean? Know your real name? Oh, yeah. All people. We didn't. I just learned his real name. It's amazing. I had no idea. Yeah. For a long time, Phil was the only person that knew it in this building, too, because we had to pay him. You know what I mean? So we did a full search one time trying to learn about him, who he was, and everything like that. Couldn't figure out his We've had multiple people reach out from, like, his hometown and say he is full of shit about everything he tells you guys. His entire entire past. He's a billionaire. (laughs) People told us he's a billionaire. He's a government plant. 
Like he's low. I don't know if he is a billionaire or whatever he is. He's got to be the hardest working billionaire I've he, ever he seen. He owns like oh, yeah. 30 high rise apartment buildings yeah. in Chicago. I'm pretty sure. I was sitting here by Fidel. Well, well, well. No. no. You don't want to be on the side of. No, no, no. Uh, no. no. He's back there, man. He's dead. Oh, oh, dude. Right, well, by the way, the Fidel Castro comment, although it was terrible, too gumpy, I believe the person that takes the biggest shot when he gets referenced is the man that you just questioned there yeah. in Zito. So, yeah. yeah, thanks, dude. Yeah, they, you say, hey, Gumpy, you know. Hey, why, why, why'd you become Zito in your life? Somebody? Oh, literally someone came up to me in college was like, you're Zito now. And I said, all right. It's an incredible name. <laughs> wow. I took it. Hey, that's good. Uh, uh, Nick, you that's good. Uh, so what do you introduce yourself as? That's good. Uh, Friends call me Zito. That's good. Uh, that's, uh, that's good. Uh, what's that word you guys use? Choose your words carefully. Why? What is it though? <laughs> what's the word? What's the word. Yeah. There's a word right there. Yeah. Chuck's gonna text me in two seconds. He's gonna start making fun of you. He's gonna call you guys. I don't wanna say it. Comp? Is nope, that what that's it is? That's not it. Oh. No, they're gonna what? call you. They're gonna call oh, you guys no. uh, walkers of the day. Oh wow. Well, what's that? Well, that's not what that means either. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, it means you don't have an Italian name, but you're Italian. You're called a daywalker. Right? Oh, <laughs> like that scumbag Papa John. Bingo. Uh, that yeah. would only apply Papa. to one person in that room that you're in right now. Ah, you're talking to me. Don't talk about AJ's. Hey, I am currently a daywalker, by the way. You saying John Schnatter claims to be Italian? Well, he is. He's 100%. a daywalker. Yeah. Sicilian. He's your boy. Old country. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say. I'm, I'm Italian, by the way. I want to let everybody know. I spit into a thing and told me I was Italian. So yeah. I'm, allowed to, I'm allowed to say everything that I've said my entire life to Italians and what I say right now. Yeah, you're a little you bit. Italians you're a little bit Italian. There's also a lot of something else in your genetic makeup. Well, I'd like to let you choose Italians, to ignore. I'd like to let you Italians know that you need to just. Relax a little bit with everything yeah, I've said. All in the I'm past. saying is like what you're doing now, what you do a lot of times. You're lucky you live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> a couple people pop outside. Enough, huh? <laughs> Enough with the. Uh... Anyways, football, Richie. Back to our favorite Italian in the NFL right now. Yeah. He gave a speech, a press conference for his, you know, like his uh, introductory almost. Hey, here I am. I just got dropped in this situation. I've been waiting for this my entire life. Here we go. How you doing? And I, I saw 30 seconds, and I'm like, all right, it makes sense why people were telling me from within the building, like, this guy is a guy that people will rally behind. This is a guy who's ready to be a head coach. And after listening to him chat, I think it's a guy I'd love to drink a beer 10 with. Yeah. You think about when you got to this point now in your career. Yeah, you know, your parents come to mind. I mean, my dad was a head football coach at the New York Giants. He, he just never told anybody, you know. And um, so it's – I got five sisters. I got – Four kids, five grandkids. So, to have an opportunity to be the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, wow, right? So, I guess, really, that's the only thing I'm going to get choked up about? Holy shit. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I this guy's can't the man. say that. I can't say that. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's the man. Seems like we got a guy in there, you know, like a relatable human in there. I absolutely love that guy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't know anything about him. I've, I've heard the name. Obviously, I never played for him. But man, just seeing that—that's all I need to see right there. Bingo. I don't know if they're gonna win, but I think he seems like an awesome dude. All right, that's the show. Can't thank you guys enough for watching, listening. We know there's a whole bunch of shit out there that you could be spending your time on, and the fact that you want to spend it with us, we greatly appreciate it. Once again, the same game parlay is available on FanDuel. Get in on that while the odds are still up there. And let's uh, let's make some money tonight. We will be back tomorrow for Feel Good Friday. Enjoy the game tonight.
Cheers.